Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me as always is the aristocratic Karen Randazzo. I was hoping it might be possible to make my own decision just this once. And <laughs> the dignified Chris Randazzo. You don't look very bouncy to me. What? That was in the show? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> hmm. I watched it twice. I didn't hear that. We hear on this week's episode. I was <laughs> Churchill was like in his bed. I was think it was before the second stroke, and he told the guys like, "Yeah, I just had a stroke, and but I'm fine. I'm bouncy. Like, you don't look very bouncy to me." <laughs> I honest to God did not catch that at all. We here on this week's episode talk television. Uh, this week we uh, Karen chose the Netflix original series The Crown, and we are specifically talking about season one, episode seven. I had never, I hadn't even heard of the show before. Well, it just came out recently, so don't don't beat yourself up. Yeah, okay. No, no, you beat yourself up. <laughs> I mean, you deserve it. <laughs> it was it was good. I wasn't lost at all. Think I, I was I was nervous at the fact that we were just jumping into seven, but nothing. I, it was absolutely followable. It's actually very entertaining, very good. I didn't I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Yeah, I, I actually kind of expected to like it as much as I did because I had heard so much about the performances in it, and uh, but I I mean I don't know it was it hooked me immediately. I was like, all right, cool. I want to watch all of this now. <laughs> I when when Karen when you first brought it up, I I looked it up and it said John Lithgow as Winston Churchill, and I love me some some Lithgow. He is he is a, a really good actor. Harry and the Hendersons, I mean, all-time classic. It's top-notch. Um, but my recollection of Winston Churchill, you know, from my vast historical knowledge, he was a smaller man, kind of maybe maybe on the slightly huskier side. John Lithgow's like seven foot twelve. <laughs> like he's doesn't rid- that make him thirteen? He is ridiculously <laughs> like, tall. Like the twelve is twelve. <laughs> <laughs> It would make him eight feet tall, dear. Yeah, he did. I did bad math. Then he did worse math on top of it. Evan, master of measurements. Chris, master of math. Together we are morons. <laughs> but as soon as he popped up, like he just, I don't want to say waddles on screen, but there was a waddling motion. Very convincing. Yeah, I think he's a, a formidable character or a you know historical figure that he's being portrayed, and so I think the height of John, the, the actor works to his advantage in that way. Even though I think you're right, he is historically was a a shorter guy, and he didn't he wasn't towering over everybody. I mean, he was, I, mean, I guess, purposefully hunching over and looking frailer, but he, he it wasn't like he wasn't a healthy man. Oh no! Oh no! As we find out 
pretty much like every 15 <laughs> minutes in this episode. Nobody is healthy on this show. Um, like, all right, <laughs> Churchill's having strokes like every 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, I have I have a sound bar, and I didn't. <laughs> okay. Oh, that that the, 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 the feedback. The first time it happened was that other dude on the plane, and yeah, yeah. I thought my like my ears started ringing, and then I see him getting <laughs> sick, and I was like, ah, what's going on? All right, and then it goes away, and then I have like it that has to be the show. <laughs> it, this high pitched yeah, squealing. <laughs> That was one thing I didn't. I didn't. One very small nitpick about this episode is that they they used a high pitch ringing noise to uh, signify that uh, that that character is Anthony Eden. He's the foreign secretary. Mm-hmm. That he was ill, and right. then they used it on Winston Churchill when he had a stroke. Twice. But like the <laughs> fact that they used the same sound effect, it <laughs> felt like the same thing was happening to both of them somehow and it confused me the first time i watched it yeah i don't think the the feedback sound effect was necessary for the second one uh for the second churchill um because well (laughs) it's for either of the strokes really but yeah i don't think it was necessary for the stroke because it was so apparent what was happening just with lithgow's face and you you caught that you that you felt that with when he's on the phone and fully admitting to needing that guy's help, you without that noise, you thought he was having a stroke or a heart attack. Because I thought he was just defeated, like he finally I admitted. Thought it, I thought it, I thought immediately he was having because they had just been building up with his health the whole time, and and like talking about this other guy's health, and then he just broke him into saying things that he did not want to say out loud, especially with other people listening in. What and he was, was just the getting deal so with that? There was like 47 people. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the deal is with that either. I, I assume that's something we would learn a little bit more about watching more of the show. But no, I, I immediately thought, like, he's going to have a heart attack. He's going to have a heart attack. Oh, he's having a heart attack. Oh, he's having... Oh, it was a stroke. Yeah, what? <laughs> Six of one half dozen the other. But yeah, no, I, I got that out of that. And that second time they used the feedback, it was so much louder than the first and time. It seemed and longer. longer. Yeah. yeah, and and it did not need to be that, but that was that was legitimately my only complaint about the show. Um, in fact, what 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 was really interesting to me about this is going into watching this, I had no freaking clue what this was really going to be, like what kind of show this was going to be, and so it starts with the little girl, mm-hmm. and. You find out the little girl's the queen, and I thought that's what the show was, was the queen is a little girl. I was like, oh, oh really? That's kind of neat. I'll, I'll watch that. That sounds fun. <laughs> and then it fast forward, and it continued to be amazing in its own right, but I, just, I thought it was going to be like a show about the queen when she was a kid, <laughs> which would have been pretty unexpected, but still uh, freaking awesome. The, uh, the intro, well, the opening... Of this, I don't know what it is with Netflix shows. They really have openings down, the music cues and the imagery. Like, it's not, it's not like the normal, like you know, a sitcom or regular television show will show the main characters or, you know, some sort of situation. It's the 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 what I took as the imagery of this this building of the crown and this very liquid metallic look. It was fascinating to to watch. And yeah, it was pretty cool. It, it fit with the tone of the show because the show was very serious, but not dour. 
Yeah, it's not... Um, it, I don't know, it's like Game of Thrones. It's very serious, but it's not It's not completely devoid of joy. Right, and it's, it's not... There are no dragons. <laughs> Which I Yet. think that would be really cool, like the season finale. You guys just watched the one episode. What do you know? There aren't any dragons. <laughs> the season finale. Churchill comes riding in on his dragon. I'm all good now. <laughs> oh, I would pay money to see that. <laughs> um, and as I was watching the opening credits, I realized why. I can't stop laughing about. That. <laughs> See that's he waving his cane around. <laughs> we now have the imagery for the episode. By the way, um, he's yelling Dracarys. <laughs> as I'm watching the opening for it, you know, it's running through all of these names. I only recognized two. And I realized why Karen started watching this show. You think you do, but you don't. Now, I saw the name Matt Smith pop up on screen, and I waited the entirety of the episode to see a, the doctor show up. Halfway through the episode, like halfway through the episode, we had to pause it for one reason or another. And I looked at Karen, I was like, I got two questions. I don't remember what the first one was. The second one was like, Matt Smith is in this show, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, are they tying this to, to the Who? Like, is it going to? The TARDIS shows up, he hops out, and he's like, "Yo, Queen, what's up?" Um, the 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 gist of the show about her education and or lack thereof. What I had, I don't know if that's. Re- I, I'm assuming it's true because it's on television now. But that was that was fascinating. How? Yeah, from what I've read, it's pretty accurate on most of the historical details. And she was just, you know, that that was one of the fo- main focuses of the episode is that she was prepared to have a certain life as a princess. And okay, little history for you guys or anyone listening who doesn't know, like the British royal line of succession. The king was Elizabeth's uncle. Uh, when he took over the crown, he was in love with this woman, Wallace Simpson, who was divorced, and divorce is a huge no-no in England. I mean, they allow it, but if you're if you're in the royal family, you you can't just marry somebody who's divorced. That's like not okay. So he decided he'd rather marry this woman than be king. So he gave up the throne to his brother, who was Elizabeth's father, uh, and everybody hated that guy after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> So his brother ruled for like 15 years. Um, he was in really poor health, uh, partially because he smoked like a chimney. Okay. Um, he's in the first couple of episodes, and he's, he's like, it's the end of his life, so he's dying. And, like, you'll see a doctor come in and be like, well, we're going to have a surgery next week to remove one of your lungs. And he's like, okay. And he lights up a cigarette. <laughs> sure, sounds so, good. So, uh... So when he died, that's when Elizabeth uh, ascended to the throne. And although she was, you know, like, I guess, third in line for the throne when her uncle took the throne, like nobody expected it to go that way until he gave up the throne and his brother had to be the king. Uh, So they just raised her like they would raise a princess and she was educated in like etiquette and things like that and the constitution because she was going to have to do something with the government but that's it 
<laughs> she she made it a point to to say how she feels how did she put it she feels like she's she's on her back foot every time she's in yes. one of these and i like that i don't know if it was the fact that it was in an english accent or whatnot but that was like that is imagery like i get that completely that she couldn't keep up with any conversation not for for like it wasn't because she was stupid it was because she was not privy to that information whether right. it be growing up or being secluded in the castle or or, or whatnot because when she spoke to she, they, when she gets the tutor and they have that little gambling conversation, mm-hmm. she speaks very eloquently on the fact that it's about you know horse racing. Yeah, that, she knows more about it than he does. That yeah. scene in particular really spoke to me because um, uh, I as soon as I watched that that scene where she was talking about the races, um, I was like. In the, the transition from the conversation of talking about something she doesn't know anything about, and then just the confidence and relaxation once the conversation steered towards that was like, that is me talking about video games right there. Um, that is that is exactly me. I, I'll be in situations where I don't know any people, I don't know any of the things that are going on, and the best I can do is try to, you know, crack a smile not sound like a complete idiot and then but then if the conversation switches to like movies or tv shows or video games i've immediately more comfortable and that the way she portrayed that just all of the anxiety just disappeared when she started talking about something that she knew about and she is extremely eloquent she's very good at talking as long as she has something to back it up in her brain mm-hmm. and um that scene really, really got me when when that happened. I thought that was just brilliant the way that she. They showed her not only doing that like, as a thing that she does, but also kind of showing the teacher like, this is how I can talk. This is the kind of person that I am. This is my personality. This is what I'm capable of on a conversational level. I want to be able to do this with all these important people that come in and out of this castle. You I don't know even what I mean? think she and, did that on purpose, though. Like I, I don't know if she did, but it's if she did, that was really impressive. It was just a thought that occurred to me that gotcha. either she did that on purpose to show him that, or the writers wanted us to see that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And I think uh, it was more the latter, Chris. I, I agree with you. I and I think that even though um, the tutor didn't end up saying anything to her until the next time after that scene that they met, mm-hmm. that, that in that scene was when he realized that she didn't really need his help. I mean, all she needed his help with was seeing that she was already a, a formidable figure and she could hold her own. You know, it didn't, it, it doesn't necessarily matter if you can, you know, she, she was intimidated, for example, she was going to meet Eisenhower and she was like, well, what is he interested in? And then one of the things the guy said is golf. And she's like, oh, shit, I don't know anything about golf. Like, that doesn't, <laughs> the first thing, that doesn't though, matter. Is, the first thing that he said was, uh, what is Trans-Pacific it? relations or something like, like that. Industri- it was industrial, industrial military, military mil- something. Complex. And yes. the damage it is doing to the democratic nation. And, like... The things that he rattles off, outside of maybe the president himself, would be intimidating. But everything else past that, she was like, oh, really? Come on. We can come up with something better than that. And then she went off on the whole, 
the questioning about the religious aspect of you know he was baptized or like mm-hmm. that actress portrays confidence and and I don't want to say meekness, but it is sort of a meekness that she that the 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 the, the duality like an of that innocent character. curiosity almost. Yeah, she does it really well. Like, and she flips on a dime too. Like, a, like a, a regular person would. Like, like you said. Like, when you find yourself becoming more comfortable in the conversation, you you sort of become a different person. And this this actress portrays that beautifully. The, and that uh, realization of her, you know, becoming comfortable and realizing that she can hold her own uh, in the next scene with the tutor, I feel like gives her the um i don't know the confidence i guess to take on churchill and his buddy for the crap that they were pulling <laughs> <laughs> yeah like Which, all she had to do is get the, the word clearly the best scene in the episode like really yeah like she, she he he said like it was that was the reason he was brought in i hope i hope he becomes more of a recurring character because i could see him like Meeting up with her like once a week to you know give her some information and then she can run with it type of thing, but he was the 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 key that unlocked her confidence be- mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he just spoke the truth like the situation that they were in she is like that that's all she was taught regularly like she knew it better than everybody else but because of her lack of knowledge and all the other minutia in life she didn't feel confident enough in her knowledge and that final scene was like I got chills yeah and I I really loved the way that she played uh, you know her reaction differently to Lord Salisbury who was the like underling um, versus the way she played it to Churchill she was all Salisbury steak get your ass in here and she read him the riot act she just tore that man to shreds. But like very like British, just very like British, very even very toned. Proper, and, but very but you are in fucking it, trouble, buddy. It was the politest bitch slap you've ever seen. And he walked out of that room, tail between his legs, looked over at Churchill and be like, good luck, buddy. I'm going to go cry in my car. <laughs> I'm going to go change my pants now. And... The way she handled Churchill, oh, granted, was completely like different, but it seemed stronger because yeah, she, she spun because the was, emotion. Like it was partially personal with him. Like right. this other Salisbury dude, I didn't think she gave a crap about, but with with Churchill, she was just like, I thought we had an understanding. I thought you and me had respect for one another, but you fat, stroke-ridden, lying piece of garbage. Well, he she sit didn't your say buns that. down. <laughs> he didn't say that. She didn't say that. <laughs> I thought that the uh, the tutor's choice of well, that the, they both used the same phrase in that scene where he said like, uh, "Give them a good dressing." Da- oh, it was the tutor's choice of phrase where he's like, "All they want is a good talking to from nanny because they're you know." men and they're British and whatever and then in that scene where she's confronting Churchill he literally looked like a child he did yeah he looked like a big baby <laughs> I kept I kept waiting for her to tell him to sit down because it's like this guy is clearly being held up by like sheer force of will <laughs> please sit that, down that's before a, you um, fall down 
that's a point that they make very early on in the series is that he never sits down in their meetings because uh, any business they need to conduct, they should be able to get it done within 20 minutes. So he shouldn't be able, he shouldn't need to sit down. Well, did you like see the ordeal? Formal thing. Did you see the ordeal yes. it was for him to sit in the hallway and then get yeah. back up? Wow. <laughs> and then be walked in by the military guy and he like patted his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's like, thanks. And he just kind of reached back. It was super awkward. I'm so glad she like, she just, she just, you cannot look me in the eye and say that you are physically fit to lead. And he was just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> The best part, like the the the, the fact that, all right, they they go to have that big banquet and then they got it got canceled, and then you see she asks for something and I didn't hear exactly what she asked for and I don't know if they if they specifically said it, but then all of those people that were helping, like hundreds of people, set up this this dinner, and then they're all searching through everything, <laughs> like every oh, drawer yeah. was open, and she finds that notebook, that that like. Fucking right at the beginning, you're like, "What? Okay, is this part of the? Yeah. Oh, this has come full circle. Now I see." And yeah, everything in this show is very deliberate. It's a it, it's a good show. It's a- now before we, I don't want to like, I don't want to move past this without mentioning the subplot because I don't understand what's going on. What do they call them? The secretary, the, the helper guys, the, the secretary. Yeah, the secretary, like. Okay, clearly the young guy is the right guy for the job. Doesn't matter. But this middle bald dude, like, goes and whines to his boss, like, he's a, he's a, he's the young guy, but I'm next in line. Wah! I just wanted to smack him so hard upside the head. Smack Granted, <laughs> when they pulled up in the car and the dude's wife was all like, cut down that tree. And he's like, I'm on it, honey. <laughs> and like, they get to work like slicing branches off of a tree and he doesn't even officially, officially have the job yet. Like, all right, you got a little too big for your britches there, buddy. But bottom line, she's the freaking queen. And I know this whole succession thing, like, I liked how they pleaded the dude's case is just like these little things they lead to the breakdown this is what this is oh, where i the, started the to see the breakdown yeah the rot oh, and God you start damn. doing this now but i also she was fighting for this layer the whole episode was just about her fighting to be a person in addition to being the queen you know mm-hmm. like she was all jealous of people that had just a standard education like i felt so bad for her when the teacher was asking her about what certificate she had, and she realized that she had absolutely nothing, not even the most basic of education. And I remember in that opening sequence when she looked at the math stuff, and the teacher was just like, that's like undignified, or something along those lines. And I remember thinking, like, what, what a freaking crock, man. And and that's that kind of stuff is still bleeds into all of society about... I mean, I don't want to get on a tangent about, like, equal pay and all that other jazz like that, but it's just, it it's so fascinating, and not in the good way to me, the way that women throughout history have been treated, especially in a situation where she's the freaking queen, all right? Like, she is somebody who is given respect and no respect at the same time, and it's so weird to me, but... It, it's history and it's fascinating. 
I think that's part of why she uh, felt like she didn't have any confidence with the other world leaders is that, you know, while she is the queen, she's also a woman in the 1950s, and there's no getting around that. Yeah. So, right. like, as much as, you know, you could tell her all day, you're the queen, and you're the boss, and you run the show, um, she spent her whole life not only, you know, just not even being directly told, just seeing by example the world around her, like, uh, this is what's expected of you, and you need to, like, fall in line with it. And so, of course... She's going to grow up believing, like, well, I can't talk to these men because they're all smarter than me because that's just what she, that's the world she knows. And somebody had, the tutor had to come along and smack her around and be like, listen, you're the freaking queen. <laughs> what was the name uh, of the, the secretary that is retiring? Tommy Lassels. Like, that's his real or, name? Uh, or is that his? Yes. Okay. Because as I was looking at that or, guy... Or I, as I like call him, just the mustache. That is a hell of a mustache. He, right? <laughs> I look, I saw him, and I can't remember the actor's name, but he played the bad guy <laughs> in, in the Go-Go Gadget, the Inspector Gadget live-action movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I'm looking at him like... I, there's, if, a, there's a pull. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, I, could that mustache be so distracting that it's actually him hidden behind that mustache? That guy... Like skated the line when he, when they were talking when he was talking about that the whole rot situation he was treading that line really well with I'm telling you how it is and I, I, I'm, I'm getting forth my information sternly but you're st I'm still being polite enough to not get the queen mad at me and he he presented that like. I don't know how much longer he's on the show or what what happens, but like I was intrigued by that guy for the like the five minutes that he was on this this episode. He got everything taken care of. He was the one with all the information. That whoever that guy is, I the that little bald headed guy, the middle guy. I don't think he like no. Those those shoes are too big for him to fill. <laughs> well, the whole I've, uh, a lot of the theme of the show is really the queen uh, learning what it means to be the crown and learning where she can and can't assert her power. So, you know, she where she was able to, you know, confront Churchill and call him out on the carpet mm -hmm. uh, because that's part of her role as the crown. Uh, her preference of which secretary to hire was a personal choice for her. She wanted the other guy because she had worked with him before. And um, P.S. I love that actor, the one she wanted. He was uh, a very likable character on Downton Abbey. <laughs> um, but I have to side with the retiring secretary on that one. Like that, uh, what the point he was making about the rot is that you know when his when her uncle abdicated the throne. Like, it caused a huge... Uh, he said something like it almost destroyed the monarchy. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, that's kind of true in as much as, you know, the public didn't... It, it turned against the royal family. And so it's sort of, you know, he's sort of right. Like, if she makes a choice like that that goes against tradition, it is her right to do that. But that's her... Uh, putting forward more her own personal self than herself as the crown, which is, you know, kind of what the whole show is about. Mm, right. 
I, I do want to make a comment before you know we wrap up and go to break. Um, there was a third storyline um, about the Soviets uh, testing H bombs, but that just went by really quickly. Like I, the way they opened that up with the mushroom cloud and everything, I'm like, wow, this is heavy for wow. What's going on here? And eh, no, I, we didn't hear anything about it for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, it was more in service of the the whole Churchill plot. Yes, Churchill was very angry about that. <clears throat> and I do think we also should also just uh, spend a second on the the one scene with Matt Smith at the very end. Because <laughs> <laughs> hmm. you guys, I mean, the character he's playing is a smarmy kind of guy, like. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's, I, like, I that's w- like the understatement of the episode. <laughs> I wish I had been able to choose this episode and have it be one that he was in more. But the kind of the point of him in this episode is that he wasn't around for her. Um, he plays her husband because uh, <laughs> Chris wasn't quite sure who he was when that scene ended, and I don't blame him not having any other context of seeing any other episodes. Um, but dude. <laughs> He asked the queen for a blowjob. Yep. <laughs> when I watched, when I first watched this episode, I, I, I gobbled this show up in like maybe two, three days in my last week of uh, maternity leave. When I watched that, my jaw like dropped. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I, and he got it too. I wasn't sure. <laughs> she sent that other dude a, away. <laughs> I wasn't sure if he was husband or brother right up until that statement and i'm like oh god yeah, i hope it's her that was exactly me i wasn't sure if he was her brother or what and then it's like oh well he's not the brother <laughs> at least i hope not that would just uh, be awful. i find although i don't you know the character is at times not likable i find matt smith's performance enjoyable in that role mm-hmm. um but i have seen some criticism of the show that i can't uh totally disagree with that their relationship could be um th- like it, it wasn't very in-depth on screen you, like you guys just saw that one scene and you couldn't not that they didn't have chemistry but that it wasn't written like there wasn't enough shown of you know their their relationship to one another gotcha and so you couldn't really tell how they truly felt about each other sometimes. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't very black and white their their relationship status. So, <laughs> but all in all, I really but enjoyed. It certainly this. was a nice, uh, nice little light moment at the end of uh, all that seriousness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Queen giving a beach. Yep. <laughs> well, like I said, I enjoyed this quite a bit i'm going to probably watch the rest of it at some point in time just for i mean just yeah, for Lithgow only... alone yeah there are, there are 10 episodes um most of the people are in most of the episodes but i think really only the queen is in all of them got it um and as far as i know they plan to keep moving with this and following the crown rather than um the the person so, like, eventually they'll move on to Prince Charles and Diana and William and Kate. Oh, interesting. Uh, depending on how many seasons this goes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i kind of a fan of, like, it's weird to say I'm a fan of the royal family, but, like, it's, it's interesting to me. So mm-hmm. I, I hope they keep going. So definitely like to see a lot more. Cool. 
All right. Let's take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk some news. Stay tuned. Fake news. It's all we've been hearing about for the past few weeks. It's all over the internet. Some might say it was the deciding factor in the recent presidential election. But what effect does it really have on society as a whole? Listen to Brandon and Travis weigh on on this remarkably touchy subject, complete with Anchorman 2 references. In Apathetic Enthusiasm, episode 2.5, Truth in Journalism. The Paper Cuts podcast is coming to an end. No, they aren't all fighting to the death. It's just time for everyone to move on. And this week is the last issue before the grand finale. Dan and Matt talk about the world of Valiant, Old Man Logan's excellence, and more. While Dean is off riding horses somewhere. Tune in to Paper Cuts, issue 110, I Didn't Say Which Doctor. Dead Like Me is one of those shows that many people have been meaning to watch for years. Unfortunately, those people never got around to watching it when it mattered, and it was tragically cut short. Trish Reyes explains why this is so tragic, and it's not just because this show is about death. Be sure to read Before Their Time, Dead Like Me, now located on its very own page at geekaid.com. Cave Story is a remarkable game for many reasons, and its spectacular soundtrack is certainly one of them. Chris and Vicky sit down and listen to the original version of the Cave Story soundtrack and discuss why it works, and which tracks benefited most from the remake Cave Story Plus. Hear all the great music in the Waveback Podcast, episode 33, Cave Story. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. Let's talk some news. Um, Karen, I, from, from this point forward, I'm going to automatically defer any BBC or Doctor Who's news directly to you. Okay? Because I don't understand. <laughs> Doctor Who's news. I don't understand why it's a big deal, if it is a big deal at all. So this Doctor Who, like, we, we commented, I don't even know how long ago that was, that... It was going to be Capaldi's last season because Moffat was leaving, or maybe not, and we're not 100% sure. How long ago? How long ago was that? It was months. It was months back. Was that months back? Okay. Um, so what's going on here with this? Bosses? Uh, okay. <laughs> so there's a rumor that they're getting rid of Capaldi, and they want to make the show back more like it was when Tennant was the doctor. Which one was Tennant? Uh, number 10. The skinny guy with the pinstripe suit. And okay. He was before Matt Smith. Before Matt Smith. Right, before Matt. Okay, got it. Okay. Uh, so there's going to be a new showrunner after uh, Moffat goes away at the end of this next season. And the rumor, now this is all rumor, not confirmed, and there's some stupid pop-up ad yeah. blocking my... <laughs> but the, the rumor is that they're, this guy is going to come in. He's going to you know get rid of everybody, get rid of uh, not only Capaldi, but also the companion who hasn't even been on the show yet. Um, and they're chalking this all up to the fact that there's been um, lack of sales of associated products with the show. Toy sales? The problem with, yeah, <laughs> toys and DVDs and books and whatever. 
Okay. The problem with, to me with that logic is that the show hasn't been on for a friggin' year. Of course, they're not selling as much shit right now. Has it been that long? It has. With the Christmas special was the last episode. Wow. And they're going to show the Christmas special this year in a few weeks. And then there's the, the guess is that April is when the next season will premiere. So it's like 16 months on only one episode in that time. And they are, you know, having unreasonable expectations, I think. That does... I think it's way too soon to be judging the new companion that we've only seen, like, clips of. <laughs> and... I also think it's unreasonable. I-, I think that a lot of this transition to Capaldi, I don't think, was handled extraordinarily well. Um I feel like his his first season as the Doctor was not Moffat's strongest. Uh, I do think that this last season, ending aside, was really great. And Capaldi is just was just knocking out of the park episode after episode as the Doctor. Just phenomenal work. And um, I get that you're never going to have that same appeal because there was a gigantic young female base that was in love with David Tennant as the doctor and then in love with Matt Smith as the doctor and that, you know, crush hang a poster up on your wall isn't there for Peter Capaldi. But I mean I don't know besides man, you, sh- I know you have the poster. Well, true, of course. <laughs> it's right next to my Jonathan Lithgow poster. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, the show's quality, I I feel like if the show is done with enough quality, that that really won't matter. I mean, the Doctor has never been a super young, sexy guy. Not never been, but hasn't always been a super young, sexy guy. I mean, if you look throughout all the history of the Doctors, they've been goofy-looking old dudes just as much as they've been young, attractive guys, or even young, unattractive guys. Actually, more Um, so. Well, all right, maybe it's a time frame type of thing that some of those original doctors were considered attractive yeah, the time, for their time. Young Peter Davison was a pretty good looking fellow. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, I gotta write uh, that down. That's another title right there. Young Peter Davison. <laughs> and the third doctor was also considered something of a sex symbol just because he was so different from the first two. Gotcha. Like, he was not that much younger, but he his style was a lot, you know, yeah. younger. And uh, Paul McGann, another decent-looking human Although, being. For, for, the, for the one TV movie and small part he played in the 50th True. special. So, yeah, I don't know. The, the idea of going back to... Because, I mean, I, what little old, you know, old who I've seen, I liked the idea of, let's get a companion that's not a teenage girl. Like... Let's have an alien companion, or Ooh, that would be this cool. is my gripe with the show with New Who on the whole is like they always have a young female companion. They never consider any other combination, and they always go to Earth. They used to go to all kinds of other fucking planets, and now they always go to Earth. Like what the hell? I know it's expensive to make an alien planet, but. You have if they a guy could that do can it on go like the $4.55 and cent budget the show used to have. Yeah, it's true. Like, let's make it happen, guys. Let's let, I, I would like to hope that the, a new showrunner 
will give a new perspective on things because I think Moffat really wrote himself into a lot of corners with, you know, it's the end of the universe. It's the end of all universes. It's the end of time itself. It's the end of reality itself. It just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more crazy and the stakes were higher and higher and like you literally could not have higher stakes than they did when it was reality itself ending and then he climbs out of a box because he was remembered or something like they made just they went so far over the top that there was no way to top the stakes like it was impossible to make the stakes any higher than they had been previously and taking that step back uh to make the show and keep the show interesting was a really challenging task and i i I don't know I, i miss my monster of the week doctor who's they're so much fun (laughs) <laughs> all right um we're, let, let's let's jump over to the next story in the list and how did you put this before chris for those that give a shit about duck dynasty i was shocked that this is still on the air um i thought it went away back when there was that whole there was like a, a scuttle butt not a couple maybe a couple of years ago um, yeah, well, the people that were on the side of the Duck Dynasty folks, apparently the like, people live by this show, that they uh-huh. are just, there is a cult, and I mean that, like, not like cult following like Mystery Science Theater, I mean like there are some people that just live and die by Duck Dynasty, like these people are their idols, they are gods to them, and it freaks me <laughs> out. Well, because they will be sadly disappointed because you know the eleventh season will be their last. I I saw a peti- like online petitions about this. Like you can't end this show. It's their livelihood. It's like no, no it's, it's not. not. They make friggin' duck calls. That's their livelihood. <laughs> Besides the fact that they there's a friggin' duck dynasty video game for crying out loud. At this point, there's there's no way these people aren't set for life. I, what bothered me most uh, about this article was it said the eleventh season. And that it's been running for five years. So well, it's reality TV. They don't yeah. have to like work very hard to make it. I'm getting two. It's not like they're coming up with scripts or anything. I'm getting two plus seasons of Duck Dynasty a year, but Doctor Who takes you gotta effort. wait for a year and a half. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is absolutely not news to me. I, I so yeah, for those that give a shit about Doctor or not Doctor Who. Uh, Duck Dynasty, this is the final, 11th season is the final season. Sad day to be you. Now let's let's move on yeah. and never speak of it again. Um, I'm sorry, Karen, about the, the the CW announcement. I mean, it's good that we're getting iZombie back. Bad that we have to wait till April. Yeah, but... Seriously. I mean, not that we have time to watch it right now anyway. It's just comforting knowing that it's there, though. though. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm... I love this show, and I'm glad it's coming back. Uh, um, so it's getting wish I had a time machine. Uh, a 13 episode run. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember what that compares to the last couple of seasons. But it's coming back April 4th. I know the first season was short. Uh, um, I don't remember. The second might have been a few episodes longer than that. The other thing that struck me about this article is a lot of you know what's going on with different shows on CW. Um, now I lost it. I, I, I scrolled down and it, the net, it said the 15 greatest cameos in the DC Universe TV show. 
I don't know if mm. I don't know if it's a rotating, but Christopher Reeve on Smallville, and that was amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I found what I was looking for, I'm and sorry. now my my thing has gone away. But uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend is ending its season on February third. Really? Yeah. So they're having a short season. <laughs> yeah, I heard that show is getting just destroyed in the ratings, which is very sad to me. Well, it's yeah, especially since I spent all morning listening to the music from it. <laughs> Seriously, you can go on Spotify and like listen to all the songs. It's great. Well, I'll, I'll look into that further because I, I remember somebody, and it wasn't on here. Somebody was commenting that the tone of the show or her character had changed from season one to season two. So maybe it's just not re- resonating with the fans as it used to. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think I agree it got that... great ratings the first year around either. It just got a lot of critical acclaim, and CW just renewed everything across the board. Mm-hmm. And when this show came back, it barely retained even the the ratings that it got the first time around. And I think it's just be, I think it's a real case of it, the show is just a hard sell. It's a musical comedy called Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and it's I don't think. I, I don't like for example I never would have watched that show if it wasn't for Karen like right. I never wouldn't would have given this show a chance and I think that there's a considerable contingent of people out there much like Gallivant that would probably like this show if they watched it mm-hmm. but it, it's a hard thing to market so yeah it's a tough sell it really is all right um PlayStation view is hitting Apple TV and uh, yeah it it hit it yeah oh yep t- okay and uh I, I you guys have done some shopping for the digital live television correct mhm what like i looked at the prices it seemed a little high to me yeah i think it's uh because the playstation view also offers um I think there's a certain degree of like DVR functionality okay. built into it as well. Okay. Um, uh, a friend of mine named Joe, I've been going back and forth with on Facebook. We we both kind of took different routes with this because uh, we were both interested in both of these things. I I didn't know that PlayStation View was. Like, I thought you needed a PlayStation to have PlayStation View. I didn't know you could go other routes. I didn't know it was on other platforms. Um, I went with Sling, uh, and he went with PlayStation View. He says he really likes PS View better than Sling, Mm -hmm. because he messed around with Sling a little bit first, and he wasn't all that impressed with it. I'm enjoying Sling, um, but I'm not not enjoying it enough to jump into PlayStation View, though uh, what he did tell me was that his PlayStation View is giving him CBS, which I was not under the impression was a thing, uh, because it's not listed as one of their channels. so uh, CBS seems to be a big gaping hole in the lineup of all streaming services because CBS wants you to pay for their own their app. Yeah. Even if you have cable, They're like now you want to watch CBS on demand, you are giving us dollars. Big Bang Theory, baby. <laughs> I hate that show. I hate that show. <laughs> big Bang Theory. Uh, I don't know. Perfect. I. It's interesting that it switched platforms, or has the I, I I need to look a little bit further into this because it's weird that it switched platforms, being called PlayStation View. 
Yeah, I mean, it was already on other things. Like, it just happened to hit Apple TV, uh, like, a day or two after we recorded our last episode. And, and I was like, wait a minute, what? And then I looked into it. It was already on, like, Roku and, and things like that. PlayStation really? View is just a service that they provide. And I thought, because it was called PlayStation, it was only on PlayStation. But, yeah, no, it's it's been on... It's already available on other services. Interesting. 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 All right. Um, some football talk. I... I by the reading of this article, it seems that football is still plummeting in the ratings. It is still on a steady decline. And now NBC is taking over Thursday night football. I tried reading this article, and then the way, the convoluted system in which they sell games to stations seems way too complicated for anybody to actually enjoy watching football on television because yeah the thursday night thing is really weird they started that in the last 10 years um and the way it's done i think the way it's done now is that the first half of the season is owned by one network and then at the second half of the season is taken over by another network Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's on nfl network which it seemed that it's always anybody even have that channel I think we have that channel on Slick. <laughs> it all seems right. all, of the, all of the games are on NFL Network. Uh, and NBC and CBS are splitting the season. Uh, first half and second half of the season. Which, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it is so expensive. Like, Hold on, it was like $450 million a year to play five mm-hmm. games, to broadcast five games, not even... That's five weeks. Right? I'm assuming that it's five weeks. That's uh, they each, each uh, CBS and NBC each get five games, so it's a total of ten. Hey man, but, this is the NFL. This is the same company that will sue the crap out of you for refu- referring to the Super Bowl as the Super Bowl yeah. and not the big game. It's nutty as well. <sighs> well, so that hey for our fans that are all about sports television, there you go. NBC has Thursday Night Football, or will soon. And they think they're going to make a go of it. There you go. Good for them. Good try. Good luck. Um, all right. We are quickly, very quickly, going to discuss the, the ridiculousness that has been television and Trump really quick. Okay. Um, there was a comment made on during a recording between Billy Bush and Trump, if I'm not mistaken. And if you were expecting a conversation between those two people to be anything but the worst th- worst of humanity, then I don't know what people you think you are watching. Because Billy Bush is horrible, <laughs> and I'm glad that he's not on the Today Show anymore. Because I used to enjoy having the Today Show on in the morning, and then Billy Bush was on it one morning when I turned it on, and I was like, uh, who is this thing? What is... Uh, Go away. You're ruining everything. There's nothing good spirited about you. So <laughs> he should be jettisoned into the show. He is no longer the on the Today Show because of that little debacle, apparently. Um, yet the other guy got elected president. Um, the 
second little thing, I saw this today as well. I I don't understand why the man is still using Twitter. Like, I could have sworn someone said that they were taking it away from him. It was just for the end of his campaign until he got elected. So apparently Saturday Night Live is roasting the president-elect, and he's not happy about it. Guess what? Too fucking bad. That's it. For now. That's what it is. That's what <laughs> SNL does. It they Most of the time, they do it correctly, and it's funny, and it's entertaining, and this time was no different. He is... Trump is very upset. Um, apparently, he has very thin skin and doesn't like to be talked bad about. Good luck with the presidency. <sighs> but Alec Baldwin's response to... Uh, that was Trump's. All, that was good. Criticism was great. <laughs> I, 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 you know, basically, it was like, I'm gonna actually, shut up and deal with I'm it. I'm going to open it up. I'm, I'm loading it up right now, scrolling down, scrolling down. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, oh, come on. It, I have it open. Okay. Cause so Trump I, said that uh, he said, called Saturday Night Live totally one-sided, biased show, nothing funny at all, and then question mark equal time yeah. for us. And uh, Baldwin's response was equal time. The election is over. There is no more equal time. Now you try to be president and people respond. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Thank you, Alec Baldwin. I haven't always liked you over the years, but I like you a lot right now. You want more advice? Call me. I'll be at SNL. God, I can't believe this is our world. Um, okay, sad news. I don't think it's that sad. I watched like five minutes of the first episode and said, "Really? Nope. I just like her. Yeah. I feel I love her. I think she's fantastic." But this show is not All right. So okay, and therefore it should end, and she can go. To Agent Carter. It's not gonna. That's what I'm talking about. Gonna We're talking about Hallie convictions. Hashtag yeah, six seasons and a movie. <laughs> convictions is. Was it a? It's a short season, right? It's not. Yeah, and it's not officially canceled yet. It's just not. It's just they didn't order any more episodes. They didn't order any episodes, and the ratings are, <laughs> uh, let's <laughs> say, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> There is a guy that I follow on Twitter called the Cancel Bear, and he keeps a very close eye on which shows will he thinks will be canceled. And uh, he's classified this show as dead show walking. <laughs> yeah, there's because there's like there was nothing good about this thing. I watched a few minutes of it and was like, this is the hackiest hack job of a hack job that ever hack jobbed. And I mean, she's using an American accent too. Like, oh, see, no. Um, I I mean she's still wonderful even with an American accent, but come on, no. you have Haley Atwell and her voice is flawless. Yeah. I don't know if if it's the same load up uh, article like some of them switch, but back in November eighth, I don't know if we commented about this, but the car car wash is getting a reboot for ABC. You know, mm. that that just seemed entertaining to me. Um, more back to more current <laughs> news. <laughs> Legendary, which is a production company, and they, they buy movies and, and stuff like that, acquired the rights to Dune. 
And we're hoping that we're going to get either a, another or a redo of that really fucked up movie or television show. Because they, they acquired both the film and TV rights. Mm-hmm. I have been uh, putting off watching the TV miniseries for a good long time. My uh, my buddy Ali, uh, Banjo Guy Ali, mm-hmm. check out his YouTube channel. He's awesome. Uh, he, he was going to do... There was a Dune video game a long time mm-hmm. ago, and he wanted me to watch the, the TV series uh, to kind of just get a general feel for the world. And uh, he just recommends it extremely highly, and I just have not gotten around to watching it. Um I've always been interested in the world of Dune, but never enough to actually commit to watching any of it or reading any of the books because I'm a terrible reader and quite possibly terrible person. But, uh, hey, uh, more Dune? More gooder? Live the dream. More Dune, more gooder? Um, Yeah. It was a David Lynch joint joint in 84, I think it was. So it's, it's interesting. It has a lot of potential. So hopefully, legendary legendary does some good stuff. I mean, so. they they have resources yeah. certainly. So they do. We'll, we'll, Which it seems like is what efforts to make this project uh, in the past have lacked. Yes. So yes. Um, next up, Prime. Amazon Prime is going to be going into the or attempting to go into the the live sports realm. This is very interesting to me. Yeah, but I don't I don't understand how it's going to be possible, especially at the prices that they offer their full service at. It's like a hundred bucks a year and you get Amazon Prime. Like, isn't a major football package like fucking three hundred dollars for like the all the sports shows? Not anymore. No? Okay. No. I remember it being. I think now the expensive. football package is. I think it's the football package included. for Directv is included with your subscription. Really? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that kind of backfired on them, where they were like, "Ah, Directv is the only place on earth you can watch football now," and they're like, "Like this is going to sell all of the Directvs," <laughs> and then they were like, "Well." Uh, a lot of poor people like football, and they can't afford DirecTV, or uh, not every house can get DirecTV, so subscriptions aren't quite as high as we wanted them to be. Uh, we thought we had everyone over a barrel, and we don't, so now we just got to lower the prices. Interesting. Um, um, they're attempting to work out some sort of deal with a bunch of acronyms. <laughs> um, and if they're, they're, they're in talks with the NFL... The NBA, the MLB, and the MLS. MLS is soccer, right? Major soccer, League Soccer. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, they were. <laughs> uh, they were. I like. This just made me laugh. Amazon was also shown to have interest in the sports leagues like World Surf League, Indian Premier League, which is cricket, and Liga MX. I don't know what that is. <laughs> You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. <laughs> and the Continental Hockey League. So it seems that they're they're looking and, and testing the waters or, or, or seeing what's available. 
Hey, no matter what they do, it can't be worse than Yahoo Screen. So I say go for it, guys. <laughs> nice and optimistic. Um, all right, finally, I'm not sure how I... F- all right, I know how I first felt about this article when I was... When I first, like... I know how I felt about the headline, and then I read the article. Okay. It's... I don't... I Are either of you familiar with this show? Very much. Yeah, so. we okay. both yeah. watch it. I do not. I do not know the show. Maybe, apparently, if you guys like it, I will probably like it as well. Um, is it? Is it? Is it a good thing or a bad thing that this woman has put herself in this situation? Uh, I think it's. I all right. When I first read the headline, I was just like, "Ah, oh, wait a second. Because like the first gut reaction is like harkening back to the whole. Uh, um, like Princess Leia mm-hmm. and Star Wars thing, where they're like, "Oh, you need to lose a bunch of weight," blah blah blah. We're, we're burying but, the lead. So Chrissy Metz reveals that weight loss is true. in her contract for This Is Us television show. Yes. So, uh, and as soon as I put some thought into that, uh, it made sense because that's, I, I mean, it, it, that's part of her character. Like, yeah, it's intrinsic to the story that they're telling about her. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's at like an Overeaters Anonymous or something, and there, <laughs> it, there it is. What's an episode? <laughs> yeah, why Siri is just obsessed with this show. Anyway, um, yeah, she goes to like an Overeaters Anonymous thing, and she is actively trying to like the character is about her trying to lose weight and whatnot it's not all about it but it's a huge part of her character is the her struggle with her weight and um i think it's kind of cool that they're that they're doing this that the the weight loss is part of her contract because um an example of this going extremely poorly would be uh lost where there was a whole big thing with Hurley, where Hurley was supposed to lose a bunch of weight. Like, that was kind of a thing in the show. Wait a, was that, Wait a second. I don't understand. Why would that happen? He's a big fat guy on a desert <laughs> island. Why would he lose weight? Exactly. Like, and it never happened. He never lost any weight on the show. And <laughs> I think he got a little they bigger. They tried to, like, plot their way around it with, like, hiding snacks or something. Or It, it was absurd that that character didn't lose an ounce of weight on that show. And it's kind of a hard situation to be in, but I guess if you are, if you are an overweight person who gets themselves into a role where weight loss is part of it, um, I, I kind of feel like it makes sense for that to be something that you commit to as part of your contract is to, to lose the weight the same way that, you know, somebody signs up to be a superhero like chris evans signed up to be captain america dude hit the gym you know <laughs> i i, I kind of yeah, like <laughs> i kind of feel like this is a similar situation and i don't know i really liked her view on it too like reading her thoughts on it in the article and whatnot was that you know, she doesn't have anything against fully full-figured women and all that she thinks it was a choice it's, it's a choice that she made to yeah so but and it, and there was a, a point in the article where she said it and it's it's a ta- how do I say like I I wish I could find it. it was it's making it her her weight loss more than just her responsibility it's it's tying her to the studio so now she has to also do it for that reason not just herself and that's a lot of like a lot of people do like if I want to lose if I want to quit smoking. I have to not only do that for myself, but for those around me, because, you know, that's how people are. 
lost a bunch of weight for our wedding, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's extra motivation. That's the word I was looking for. It's, it's kind of neat to see that uh, this as one of those situations and not really in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I didn't know that it was part of picturing Alan Duty going just Titan. <laughs> I also think that it, it it will be good, you know, if she didn't lose any weight, I would start to not believe the show as much. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. if they're going to make, if they're going to write this into the character that, that, that this is a goal for her and then nothing happens with it, I, I'd start to wonder what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Got it. So it is. And it, it, it's not even like a subplot thing. It's. It is a primary function. That, of, like, yeah, it is a sh- defining sh- characteristic. She meets her boyfriend in the group. Like their whole relationship is based around the fact that they're both overweight. It's like it's it's big deal in their lives. And I, she said in here somewhere too that like this is not as yeah. She said it's she says it's I think it's important and imperative to see that journey because we haven't seen that really mm-hmm. that is also true um because it's not it's not like she's gonna lose like a billion pounds in five minutes or anything like that i think the way i read this was that it's gonna come off as a gradual thing mm-hmm. and i don't think you we've seen that in shows before because i think that if you have an overweight character on a show they usually completely own it like no i am fat and i am proud and you usually don't see that kind of struggle with weight loss, I mean the only real big weight loss thing I can think of is freaking Chris Pratt with Star Lord uh, <laughs> and Parks and Rec, where they explained it away. It was like, yeah, just quit drinking beer, <laughs> which was really well, hilarious. It, but I can't think of a it's either drama show they where they don't dealt with lose that. weight, or they go from like season one to season two, and over that little break, something completely happens to them, and they come back either way thinner or they gained a bunch of weight. One or the other. Mm-hmm. Like those are the changes that you see. Oh, all right. But I think for especially for plus size characters, Chris is right. What you tend to see is them, you know, if if there's anything positive, then it's them owning their their body rather than like trying to change it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Makes sense. This is us. Is a good show. It's a. Uh, if you liked Parenthood, you'll like This Is Us because it's you know. And you guys a lot more parenthood. more of the same kind of stuff. I remember that very much so, you, very much. You so. liked that show, both of you did. All right, that's all I got, guys. Me too. You're good. Me three. Yay, Chris. And the baby four. Chris, yo, what you got? Well, I got some information that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, Chris. All right. um, Chris, it would be your turn, right? 
It would be. But we're taking a we're gonna we're gonna skip a couple of weeks because some some big things are coming down the pike. We got Gilmore Girls, the the triumphant return on Netflix. So we're gonna goddamn right. We're gonna watch that. Your everybody out there is gonna watch that, and then we're gonna talk about it next week. And spoiler alert, we're not going to let Chris pick a show after that either. (laughs) Okay, guys. I appreciate you, everyone, listening. Chris, Karen, you guys are a blast. I really like this format better. This is much less chatting. I like this better. So from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I'm having a stroke. Oh, my God. Inappropriate. And I'm not paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.